0: things blues and southern rock podcast a southern storm of bold liberating rock shot through with blues soul and gospel and now your hosts for the show brian jones and jason johannes
1: welcome to another episode of the all things blues and southern rock podcast our second uh part of the jeff beck tribute uh and always jason is here too what's going on today man what's up
0: i am uh no i'm just here ready to record the podcast with you nothing too crazy going on on my end how about you uh
1: well i uh is i you know was probably obvious to me before i put it on the when i was working out listening to tesla mechanical resonance which fires me that
0: for working out that's a great album so man they came out of the gates that first record hot and heavy that is a fantastic one it is yeah for sure yeah i was like like, (laughs) (laughs) coming at you live yeah coming at um, you live uh, yeah um oh gosh uh modern day cowboy is on that yep and then the nice ballad we're no good together which is a really cool bluesy-ish kind Mm -hmm. of ballad song great great record go easy come easy go yeah getting better You and I are both big Tesla fans, though. You know, for sure,
1: yeah. And uh, it's sort of like going back to the beginning, so to speak.
0: Yeah, probably. They they did a live version of that album a couple years ago before COVID hit. It's really good. They played the whole thing at a concert, recorded it. Check it out
1: did they because did, what, what did they do in london didn't they did they do the
0: five man uh they did not five man acoustical jam they did a at, at um abbey road studios they did like a couple acoustic songs okay yeah
1: okay right on so they played mechanical in its entirety huh?
0: they did yeah yeah like maybe five years ago ish cool yeah right on check hey, it was,
1: out did you see uh aaron the pledge thing that she made us aware of, or made people aware of, or something about it's like a—I I mean, it's just like a, a crowdfunding kind of thing to like, you know, where would people like to see her
0: play? And, and you don't—I saw to that post, again or you don't have to. Yeah. Or... Did you did you say Fargo?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so I threw her a little bit, and I don't know. That hopefully goes into uh, getting her to where she needs to go. The, we'll have the to touring budget next next time she's on.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she's a road dog. Like they go everywhere, so you never know, Brian. She may be coming out probably after the snow melts out <laughs> to see you. So
1: I, I I got a little sarcastic here just a couple minutes ago on Facebook and i don't know if i don't know if i'm being naive like i watched this social dilemma documentary have you seen that or I have about not it? it's it's about like the algorithms and talks about silicon valley and and yeah i'll have to watch it again cuz some of that stuff like i lose my attention span on but <laughs> it's just talking about how the algorithms are like choosing for people what they should be watching or people get hearing distracted. or seeing yeah And I kind of, and I'm sure there are some valid points to that, but my, for me, just the way I perceive it is I kind of scoff at it because whatever I'm into, you know, if I'm, you know, searching, looking at bass guitars or dogs or music, that's what I get, you know, or, you know, I go on a streaming service and listen to what I want to, like, I don't, if I am getting presented with stuff, I just kind of deflect it. So, but maybe that doesn't
0: work as easy for i do know when i talk about stuff all of a sudden i start seeing ads places for yeah, the things i'm talking that's about that's true
1: yeah because i i'm just hearing a lot about that and people's concerned about how streaming services are like quote-unquote ruining how we consume music but i think they're just like you know people sometimes they use like a broad stroke stereotype um so everybody's, be, you know, and I'm like, no, yeah, I kind of have a choice. <laughs>
0: you and I are hard to peg down them just because yeah, we listen to so true. many different artists yeah. now because of the podcast trying to find new people. So it's, yeah. I, we, you know, I think it'd be hard to get us in the algorithm. Yeah.
1: yeah. So no, if you, whenever you get a chance, if you want to watch that documentary, you might uh, understand a little bit better than me. So, but yep. uh, enough with the algorithms, we've got our part two of the Jeff Beck tribute with uh, some very good friends of ours that are here a lot.
0: Yeah, but really they're podcast family or we're family. I don't know. We're family somehow, but coming back, Greg Martin from the Kentucky headhunters and our brother from another mother, Boone frog all. Those dudes, Brian know everything about everything.
1: And including Jeff Beck. And Jeff Beck. uh, They both talked about seeing him. They both talked about, you know, um, Greg's actually met him. So you guys will hear all about that. And, uh, We know you'll enjoy it as we do so uh, you guys kick back relax and listen to our part two of the jeff beck tribute with brother greg martin and boone frog We're here at the guest segment of our part two of our Jeff Beck uh, tribute. Uh, Jason always introduces everybody for you guys. So take it away, Jason.
0: You know, in this point introducing the guests is like introducing family members and they show up to the house, Brian, to come see us. <laughs> These are two guys who are really good friends with, we love having on. They know a lot about music and we're going to ha- hear some great stuff about how Jeff Beck has influenced them as players and just as music lovers. So Turning the show, Greg Martin of the Kentucky Headhunters. How you doing, Greg?
2: I'm doing great. How are you, Jason? How's it, you and Brian okay?
0: We're good. doing great, man. Just trying to get good. through the winter weather, you know.
2: Just need more green shit. Just need more green shit.
0: <laughs> 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 Call back to that, the holiday episode. Yes. And then, again, our brother from another mother, uh, one of our, our favorite people in the world, Mr. Boone Froggett. How you doing, Boone?
3: good man uh greg treated me to some big mexican dinner and uh just 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 hanging out that's
0: right enjoy so i'm glad you two are together in a room together and that uh, brian and i aren't in a room with you guys <laughs> There let's you see
2: your point yeah. yeah there could be an well,
0: explosion at
2: some it, point yeah. you
0: know you can, guys can at least fight with each other. We don't have any ammo. So thanks for joining us. Um, this is part two of our Jeff Beck tribute. Obviously, Jeff Beck, for anybody who plays rock music, blues music, country, rockabilly, you name it, <laughs> Jeff Beck is a guy who's done it. And mm-hmm. a lot of artists and just music fans in general have loved. So Greg, I know you're going to have an awful lot to talk about because he's probably right in your wheelhouse and Boone as a master guitar player and performer. I'm sure you're going to have something to do um to, to give us you know you know everything about everyone so what i want to do uh, Greg I'm gonna sure. start with you and ask you guys both the same question but what how has Jeff Beck influenced you
2: go ahead was it me or you oh me you. Go we're ahead. gonna go you can uh, go uh, how has he influenced yeah. me well uh early on he sounded like fairly obtainable even though he was always ahead of the, the curve, you know, as a guitar player, he was always, you know, way up there. Even if you go back to the early Yardbirds, which I heard when it came on the radio, you could kind of figure out what he was doing.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: On into the Jeff Beck group. You could still, he was still earthbound, as a friend of mine said earlier. And, um, and then, you know, uh, Beck mowry Naples, he was still pretty obtainable. And then all of a sudden, blow by blow comes out, what, 1975, I think. So what did I learn from Jeff Beck? You just better be the best you can be and don't try to copy Jeff Beck. Because <laughs> uh, as another friend a friend said, uh, if you try to copy Jeff Beck, uh, you're going to fail miserably. And that's the truth. And uh, I don't know. What I learned from Jeff Beck is... Uh, don't be afraid to step out there because he changed with every album every and there's so many different phases and you can even go back to the the tridents the little band he played with before the yardbirds and there's a few clips and you could hear uh what to me sounds like roy buchanan even though they didn't know each other but jeff was a huge fan later and jeff was already a really really above average guitarist and then by the time the yardbirds got him he's started pushing the parameters um i think if when you listen to someone like jeff beck it the biggest influence is you better just go ahead on your own path (laughs) stay off of his (laughs) you know (laughs) he's great i i I adore him i love him you know
0: i i agree with you greg like and we talked about this last week with with Chris from the Cold Stairs and and Mike Eldridge who was who's a a, a friend it was a friend of Jeff's It's like you know in the big 3 of the of the British blues rock guitars, Clapton mm-hmm. Page and Beck for me Beck was the hardest to emulate or agree. Or, or sort of just you know follow cuz there's no way you're going to play like him hey you, you know nobody's going to play like Page or Clapton but the stuff they were doing I yeah. think you said it was more attainable. You're, but Beck is just way out there. You're never going to match what he, how he could play.
2: Well, exactly. I mean, if you go to the Yardbirds, uh, there's a little song called "New York City Blues" that was never uh, uh, on an album. It was on like a greatest hits album. And it was on a f- flip side of a record. It's, it's just a really cool blues. I remember hearing that, you know, back in '67 or '68, and you could actually pick up licks off that. And you can pick up some cool licks off of Jeff early on, on Into Truth and Back Olo. And even on Rough and Ready and the Orange album, man, by the time he gets up to Wires, you might pick up a thing or two. But man, at the end, his uh, technique with the vibrato bar, playing with his fingers and his thumb, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, man. It's just a... I, you know the, the influence there it's just you, you, it's admiration you know you and, and Boone can tell you he saw Jeff in, in concert and uh, matter of fact I'll turn it over to him but it's just uh, I, th- I think it just inspires you more than anything to be yourself and just to follow your own muse, just like he did and whatever yeah. that was he had he had a he had a deep sense of his artistic
0: freedom man he was amazing so, Boone, Greg's checking and tossing over to you a little bit. What is what's kind of Jeff Beck meant to you as a guitar player, musician, just a music fan?
3: You know, like everybody else in the past, you know, couple of weeks, I've done a lot of thinking about Jeff Beck. And I think the thing one of the things that really strikes me is, you know, he he is always flying the flag for. Yes, I'm a I'm a blues bass guitar player. Anything I, I play is going to come from that, but I'm not limited by that. I think a lot of people that play blues rock music, they they look at, you know, a, a certain category of music and they stop there without, you know, ever ever getting above the wall and going farther. And uh, and, and Jeff was never afraid to do that. And he was a, a master of self-reinvention. I mean, if you if you played in the Yardbirds, you could make a career the rest of your life playing nothing but Yardbirds mm-hmm. music but that wasn't enough you know he jumped at you know uh jeff beck group and all these other things and you know the uh the cool thing about jeff beck group is it was like it was like uh zeppelin one before zeppelin one was made it was it was that same type of thing with with rod stewart on the vocals there was a lot of blues covers but unfortunately it, it doesn't it doesn't get all the credit that you know that uh the first zeppelin record does but uh it was it was very much very much the same thing, and then just he was just fearless. He he uh, I think he he had a had a fascination with reinvention and and just guitar in general. He he really didn't seem to care you know what people thought you know commercial wise. It was he was always always pushing the boundary and uh, surrounded himself with players that were interested in pushing the boundary as well. Mm-hmm. So. I think I think that's something that we can that we can all take and all take and use.
0: Boone, when were you first aware of Jeff back in his Jeff Beck's music? Uh, I guess probably probably the, some of the first stuff
3: I heard was the Yardbirds stuff. Uh, Me too. I had a I had a uh, you know they they put out that little compilation Yardbirds you know. Mm-hmm. LP, it had all, you know, all the different guitar players on it. And that was, that was probably amazing
0: run of guitar players. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Good as it gets that. Yeah. The big three,
0: we just talked about them. The big three Clapton, Page and the back.
3: Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah, that's where I, that's where I first got familiar with Jeff material.
2: Was it the album with the three birds on the cover? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah Yeah, I had that
0: album too. Greg, Mm -hmm. Greg, when, when did you first become aware of like Jeff Beck?
2: 1965, summer of 1965. I can tell you the first time I, I didn't know who it was. I knew it was the Yardbirds, but I didn't know it was Jeff Beck. Because back then, you know, I didn't know the band members names, you know, but uh, I was at Arlen's department store on 7th street in Louisville, Kentucky.
0: How do you remember this? How do you remember
2: this? (laughs) I just got that kind of memory and I can't tell you much more. I could, yeah. I could I can't say, uh, give you a song lyrics or anything, but I can remember a lot of it uh, <laughs> But I was, I was at, uh, well, once a week, some friends of mine and me, we would walk over to Arlen's. Uh, they had a really cool little record section. It was like a poor man's Walmart. That'd be kind of interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a poor man's a Walmart. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It was a forerunner of Walmart, to be honest with you. And it kind of, it turned into value city later on but anyway it was on seventh street and we would walk from my neighborhood which was about two miles and they had a big old popcorn machine you could buy popcorn because you can imagine what the floors looked like <laughs> and uh they had a really nice record section but they played music in the store and i remember hearing heart full of soul it was uh, it was the day of summer i remember because that's it's just, it's just in me. And, you know, I'd already heard for your love. It was out just a, yeah. a couple of months before that. And then I just remember what I remember about that guitar part. It just sounded like something I'd never heard before. Now we all know that he was emulating or attempting to emulate a sitar player that couldn't do the part. And, and I remember the solo being really cool too. It was just following the melodic, uh, the vocal, you know, on the melodic side. And, and that was my first experience at Arlen's department store. Then I started hearing it on the radio. And then like a, a couple of months later, I'm a man by the Yardbirds was released. And it was a hit around Louisville. And then the following spring in the 66, WKLO started playing shapes of things over under sideways down. And then by the end of the year, uh, happenings, 10 years times ago was the name that song and you know it was just a just amazing but uh first time summer 1965 but i didn't know who jeff Beck by name was until 66 i then i I bought an album and i started figuring out and i bought a over under sideways down uh 45 and the flip side was jeff's boogie jeff's boogie so i went then i found out my brother and my cousin said that's Jeff Beck. So
0: I learned all that stuff. Yeah. Did you guys start trying to figure out his parts on guitar?
3: How
2: about you, buddy? Did you, when you first started?
3: I was always amazed by it. But there's something there's something in his playing, when you hear him play, it's kind of like, I probably shouldn't try that. <laughs>
0: <Exactly. You> know, <laughs> it's I, like Steve Vai or Joe Satriani are like, well.
3: Yeah, I mean, man. Yeah. You know, if you, if you look at his influences, it's very different from any other guitar player of his time. He was very, he was very into Chet Atkins, Merle Travis, but at the same time, he was really into Ravi Shankar and things like that. So he was, he was a melody guy, and he was good enough to act on it. I think, I think all guitar players listen to that stuff, but they're not quite sure what to do with it. And, exactly. And Jeff knew what to do.
2: Uh, exactly. I mean, you know Of course, you don't want to for your love. And Greg's
0: got a strat out. Come on. I know it's not a Jeff Beck <laughs> guitar.
2: But then, then you, you go, you know, that type of thing. But but the first thing I want to learn, I still can't do it. I don't have a pick, but
1: Greg's playing a strap at no amps, that's why there's
0: a, it's a limited silence. sound. Limited sound. Yeah. But it's that drum, that rhythm.
2: <laughs> well, that's from being, that's as, as from growing up with the, the ventures.
0: Oh, the, yeah, man, those were, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, Greg, you alluded a little bit to it here early on when you were talking about how you kind of became aware of Jeff Beck, but he had a very interesting way of picking and playing the guitar. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Well, early on, he, uh, he used a pick. At some point, he threw the pick away. You know, and uh of course I think probably even before he threw the pick away completely, he was probably doing some hybrid picking a bit or or even maybe like tucking the pick in his um uh palm of his hand or whatever. But if you looked at him the last few years, uh it was all thumb, fingers, mm-hmm. and at the same time he's manipulating. I don't have a bar on here, but you manipulating I... the bar, you know, and I mean it's almost like what, what did you say it's kind of like a steel player did you say that yeah
3: i, I read it read a thing a couple weeks ago it was actually before you know jeff passed away and he said uh, i'm just a poor man steel guitar player and that that, that really that really stuck with me and uh mm-hmm. it kind of gives you a different perspective on what he was trying to do
2: oh yeah his intonation was amazing perfect pitch like doug phelps <laughs> 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 yeah and uh and he could take that bar and just move it, you know, anywhere he wanted to take it. And he wasn't out of tune whatsoever. And I love his slide playing. He's a cool slide player. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I to me, of course, the magic has to lie in in the mind and the heart for that to even come out of him. But the right hand is such a mystery how he do, did all that. And, of course, the left hand, too. But. Being the right hand is—it was just so amazing, you
1: know. What What did Mike say about that last week, Jason? About how so, yeah.
0: Is, so if you guys aren't don't don't know Mike Eldred, he's playing in a band called the Mike Eldred Trio. But he was he was a Fender rep for a lot, lot of years. Worked with Jeff okay. on guitars. Personal friend yeah. of Jeff. He spoke a little bit about how Jeff would set up his guitar, where he would have the bridge way out, so really floating off the back end of the guitar. Hmm. Okay. So he could use and then, you know, not a lot of string pressure holding that bridge down, but he'd use the whammy or tremolo bar plus the slide to get all these extravagant sounds because he could really control pitch and, you know, doing what he did with such a high floaty uh, yes. tremolo bridge. And didn't
1: he, didn't he say that he could How he could drop it like an octave or so, like more than
0: usually? He, he but... said he could get the lo, the low E up an octave in the high e up too with how he had yeah. the guitar set up wow <laughs> and control yeah. right and knew, knew what he was doing just between again tremolo bar and his fingers and everything else absolutely
2: i mean and there again um i don't know what when all that started when he started doing all that because on uh, blow by blow and wired, he was using a Stratocaster and used the bar a little bit. But I guess a little at a time, he started edging into that territory where that, where that that it was almost like used it for a slide or something. It was weird the way he did it. Very That's very the, vocal. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Melodic. He's so melodic. Yeah.
0: And Boone, that goes back to you. Is like the way he's trying to get that steel string. Or lap seal guitar sound out by how he set up his guitar.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. And just uh, the way he was able to to emulate the human voice in, in, in a different way, because it's it's in theory, it's it's like playing slide guitar, but the but the end result is very different. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, and then you know, if you guys you guys should go back if you get a chance to listen to that interview we had last week, you had Chris Tapp, the cold oh, Series and Mike Eldred on. And he gets in the Mike gets a lot into the details of the guitar. And like one, Beck Beck wasn't very particular about his guitars, was he, Brian? No, he said he was like, whatever, just give me a guitar, I'll <laughs> play it. Pickups. <laughs> he just wanted to have that trim bridge up so he could really pull it down and get it to, you know, up, you know, change the pitch. But you hand him guitar, he wasn't didn't care care about the pickups necessarily, the materials, whatever. Just played.
2: I saw one interview with him the week he passed away and he was talking to somebody and I think he was real proud that he had his own Stratocaster, his own model. You know, uh, he was talking about, um, I think him and Eric Clapton were talking or something. And he said, yeah, now I've got my own Strat. You know, I I just thought that was just the way he said it. You could tell he, you know, he probably grew up, he grew up, probably didn't have any money when he grew up you know yeah yeah and uh you know he, but him and clapton both don't seem to be guys that really have to have a, a vintage guitar or whatever you know they just it's in their hands and hearts and they just go for it
0: it, it blew my mind though for being such a guitar virtuoso and, and you know making the sounds he did that he didn't necessarily have the preference for pickups or anything else and just I, you know, I just always feel like when somebody is a guitar master and Greg, you're in Boone, you guys are probably like you're very particular about the type of guitar and the things that you have on it.
2: Go ahead, or Boone, yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, but when you when you when you hear, you know, somebody like Jeff Beck or Jack Pearson and they just pick up a, you know, a Squire Strat or or whatever's around, it kind of kind of makes you feel a little silly you know, yeah. it's like, you know how, how, how much does it really matter it's it's all right here
2: yeah right uh, when it comes down to it it's nice to have an old guitar <laughs> we, we, we we covered this at dinner you know if you suck you're gonna suck on a vintage guitar or a new guitar okay. or a sitar or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? but you know basically it, it to me it, it's just how the how does the guitar feel does it feel good you know, if it feels good it plays good uh, your hands are going to pull out what you need out of it. I mean, if you got a Les Paul, you want to sound like a Les Paul, mm-hmm. uh, you want a strat sound like a strat, and a telly like a telly. But Jeff Beck, he he would from time to time. I did see, I see, I saw a video where he picked up a Les Paul. Um, uh, mm-hmm. was it on the well, it was on the Les Paul tribute thing, right? He was play, uh, maybe on a couple of songs.
0: He's played something. Les Paul's yeah. before, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, he did. I know back in the Jeff Beck group, man, he, <laughs> he you know, he he was amazing with it. But it was really his hands and heart, man, his imagination. And the guy always had a, an imagination. I mean, when you go back and listen to Shapes of Things from the Yardbirds, God bless. That's 1966. That song lyrically and musically paints such a vivid picture of atomic war or whatever, you know, they're talking about, which is, I'm sure it's what they're talking about in Vietnam or, you know. And it's just... He was amazing. The melodic sense that he had as well. Beautiful tone, great tone, too. You know, even when he had a fuzz tone, he sounded cool, you know. And I like fuzz tones.
1: I'd always heard uh this isn't particularly a technical aspect, but mm-hmm. Jeff Beck group was supposed to have played Woodstock and then pulled out mm-hmm. like like yeah. really close to the gig. And i I think I've heard different reasons why, but Someone said like he broke the group up just to not play it, or I don't know. I don't know what's true or
3: not. Play. Uh, I I know that you know when when that happened, they put out a statement. It was something like the you know they had just kind of split up over musical differences, but uh, that would have that would have that would have certainly changed uh, you know a lot of things had Jeff Beck played Woodstock.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you go back into the you know he left the Yardbirds. And I don't know the exact year. I'm, I'm going to guess early 67. And he was pretty miserable touring, evidently. Um, they brought Jimmy Page initially in to play bass mm-hmm. for, um, the, you know, the, the regular bass player, Samuel Smith. Uh, what's his first name? I forgot now. But uh, then uh, a little while into it, you know, J- Jeff and Jimmy were both playing leads which was a pretty amazing. I can't, you know, I know. I mean, we have very little of that to show for, Mm -hmm. but he was really, you know, Jeff was really pretty. uh, He was very moody. Uh, He was uh, probably a perfectionist. And then I think some days he just didn't feel like playing or didn't have it in him. And um, when you get over into the, the, forming the Jeff Beck group, I've read different accounts of trying out different drummers and, and initially, Ron Wood was supposed to play guitar along with Jeff Beck. And that, that changed, which was a, a good change because Ron Wood was a, a fabulous bass player. And of course, you know, Truth Album was Mickey Waller on drums, Ron Wood on bass, Rod, Rod the Mud Stewart on vocals, and Jeff <laughs> with a little help from John Paul Jones on organ on a, and maybe Nicky Hopkins. And then by the time they do Beck a year later, uh, they've got who's the drummer? Andy Newman, um, Tony Newman, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's a different drummer. Waller was gone, and I, and they had Nicky Hopkins. So there was always changes going on with the band. And yeah, he he wasn't real happy touring. He wanted to go home. He just broke the band up and went home, basically. <laughs> really, I think he just wanted to go home.
3: Yeah. I read that he was uh, uh, supposed to replace Nick Taylor in the Stones, and when it came down to it, he said uh, he said the group wasn't quite funky enough and passed it on to Ron Wood.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, we talked about
0: that last week a little bit, and also uh, Pink Floyd. He was offered the gig in Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that would have been that would have been really interesting. That would have been interesting.
2: Um yes, it would have. It would have been great. Uh Sid Barrett was an interesting player.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, I mean, God bless him, man. Uh, I, I never quite understood the early Pink Floyd. That's just me. Uh, I think David David Gilmore definitely was a step up for, for my personal listening enjoyment, so to speak. Yeah, I but, agree. Uh I I gotta terrible... this is off off the subject, but I bought the first Pink Floyd album on Tower Records at Arlen's department store. Uh, I I was visiting my grandmother in Louisville and I brought it back home and me and my brother Steve put it on the turntable and it was so weird. We took it out back of the house and chopped it up. <laughs> we literally, it was a mono copy of the first album, which is worth at least $500 now, maybe. And we took it on a chopping block. And I'll get my brother to verify this story. We chopped <laughs> that sucker up in a thousand pieces. <laughs> now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know there, uh, there's going to be some Sid Barrett fans out there. And I understand that era a little bit more. Now, Uma Guma, I don't think I'll ever understand it. I also dropped two or three hits of acid and take some x too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't get Oma Guma, but I, I'm sorry that we chopped the album up. Forgive me, Lord.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, <no. laughs> uh, uh, so Boone, um, Greg alluded to earlier that you had seen Jeff Beck live. Can you talk about that a little bit?
3: Sure, man. I, I would love to. Uh, it was, it was late in the afternoon and Greg called me and he said, uh, what do you think about you know maybe uh, you and John Seely from Otis going to see Jeff Beck tonight? And I'm like, well, how do you think that's going to happen? He's like, well, I've got a friend that 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 has two tickets and they can't go and they they want to know if you will take them. So of course we went and uh, it was at the uh, at the Ryman, the mother church was, a, oh. which is a great room to hear <laughs> yeah. to hear Jeff Beck in. And as uh, as we're getting in our seats, we look over and we're sitting next to Ricky Skaggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is not who you, had, you know, not right. the first guy you expect to sit next to at a mm-hmm. Jeff Beck show. And he's like, he said, "Man, I'm excited." He said, "It's Jeff Beck tonight," and I was like, "Man, this is this is crazy. This is already gonna, <laughs> this is already going to be good." So
2: I like what he told you. What was the other thing he told you that night? I- oh yeah,
3: he said. Uh, he said, "Man, he said, do you think he let me up there to jam? I'd sure love to play with him." <laughs> it, and Ricky, 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 oh,
2: Ricky, Jeff would love Ricky Skaggs. Yeah. He would love him, man. Uh, yeah.
3: And going going back to the the Headhunters uh, show at the Opry back in December, Greg and I got got to watch uh, Ricky and his band, you know, rehearsing the dressing room, and that was that 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 in itself was a pretty spiritual oh, yeah, experience. Absolutely,
2: man. <laughs> but, uh, absolutely uh i had i've seen jeff four times and i had just seen jeff uh the night before boone did and and i just seen him and this girl called me and said look me and my husband can't go to the show in nashville night. Like, do you want the tickets i said you know i can't I've, I've just got too much going on um and i said i think i might know who now, I've just seen him. I just seen him myself. I mean, not that I didn't want to see him again. But I said, I know two guys that probably would like to go to that show. And they did, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, uh yeah, that that was uh, I'm sure he was just as great because I saw him in Louisville the night before that.
3: Oh, it was it was an amazing experience and it was a it was a phase where he uh, yeah. he didn't have a singer and it was just all oh, yeah. instrumental stuff all night and it was just
2: the Ronald Michael Walden was on drums, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, great drummer. It's just beyond amazing. It's just it's it's one of those shows after you see it, it just you're just kind of exhausted because you're like, how, you know, yeah, how, yeah. how can I even stand up after seeing that?
2: Oh <laughs> man, yeah, he he was fabulous. Especially yeah. in the Ryman. Yeah, it was a great show. It was. When I when I went to the Ryman show, uh you saw him in the Ryman, I think mm-hmm. that was twenty eleven. Was it no? What year did you go? I did know all these. Man, maybe. It was it 2011 or 2013? I think it was think it's
3: 2013. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. Uh, another cool thing about that night was uh, Tyler Bryant was opening. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. He did his opening set and then came out and jammed with Jeff. And then, you know, later, you know, uh, Otis and Tyler Bryant, we've we've done a lot of shows together. That's right, so, you're here. Okay, So right. That, was, uh, that was my introduction
0: to, to Tyler. So. Pretty nice. cool. Oh
2: I gosh, Tyler's got a lot of great stories. That's for sure. Oh yeah.
3: Hmm. Uh, I
0: I wore an Otis shirt to a Tyler Bryant concert, and he grabbed me when he saw that, and was like, "Otis, I love those guys."
3: Oh, oh is that great? We we love them too, man. They're
0: they're they're all great guys.
3: That's yeah, great. That,
0: man. that last record of theirs is killer. So good. Oh yeah. Even the Larkin Poe records. Yeah, I know we're getting off the Jeff Beck stuff. You no, man, I'm sorry. It's all
2: music. I love,
0: man, they killed it on that last record. It is, it is Shake the Roots. It is so good, man. That is so, yeah. I'm so excited for what they're going to do. Good. Yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: that's excellent, man. Um,
0: well, Greg, I know you posted some pictures or at least one picture of yourself with Jeff back. Can you, can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yeah. How did How did you get around to meeting Jeff?
2: Well, I'm not quite really sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time in 1999, um, I had a friend from here in Glasgow that found out Jeff was going to be in Indianapolis, and uh, wonder if I wanted to go. And it was during the week; headhunters weren't touring. You know, we were we were off that week or whatever, and said, "Yeah, man, let's go." So we uh, got another friend in Louisville, Paul McGarry. We picked him up in Louisville. But now before I went up there, I somehow some a friend of mine had knew Jennifer Batten and said, if you get a hold of Jennifer, she'll get you back to meet Jeff. And I so I got her email address and I mailed her and she she was very nice and said, Yes, when you get to Indianapolis, you get to the building, and I'm pretty sure the guy's name was Ralph, and it was his road manager. And um so I wrote her, you know, and when I got to Indianapolis with, with the other guys, I went to the back of the hall and asked for Ralph. And Ralph came back with the passes and said, You want to meet Jeff? I said, Yes. <laughs> he said, Well meet meet uh meet me at the side stage after the show on the it was the right side facing the stage. And um me and two other friends, we uh, Set through the show. It was amazing. It was my first Jeff Beck experience. So it was like the ultimate high. Uh, Paul Thorne opened up the show and I met Paul walking up the aisle after the show. And we spoke for a minute and that's how we became friends. We started becoming friends after that. But anyway, I went, uh, went, after the show, we go to the side and this other gentleman, we show him passes and he lets us in. So there's a meet and greet going on in this room and Jeff sat on the couch next to jennifer in the band they're all back there drinking champagne or whatever you know they're just relaxing and it was kind of a it was a strange thing because it was back when meet and greets actually happened after the show and i think some of the people were there i I met some friends from louisville that had passes because they knew people from um fender probably probably the guy you knew or whatever
0: mike mike eldred yeah
2: i bet i bet i bet it was and he may have been there. I don't know where he, where, where does he, he live?
0: He was in California, but now he's a, what, Arizona resident, Brian? Is that he said he was in that. Arizona?
2: He could have been, you know, he could have been out there, who knows. But anyway, you know, um, so it, Jennifer, you know, it was just very brief at first time, um, you know, I had torn a page out of the Beckology booklet and he signed it. And it is a picture of Jeff with the Les Paul uh, with a curly cord plugged into a marshal. and he kept, he took, he signed it, and he's showing Jen, he's laughing at the picture because he's used a curly cord. He thought that was funny. He just, he was just laughing at his own, make it, just laughing at himself, man, making fun of himself. <laughs> and it was, it was really brief. We talked for a minute and and um, got the crap out of there. But it, we met Jeff, and it was very nice. And Jennifer was such a sweetheart as well. And that was pretty much it. And then um, I saw him in Nashville again. That was 1999 in Indianapolis. Then uh, 2001, saw him at the Ryman, uh, took Phil Kage with me. And Phil Cagey yeah. sat there, and he just couldn't figure it out. He's a great guitar player, you know. We went backstage uh, and saw Jennifer, but Jeff, it was everybody and their brother back there that yeah. night. And and Jeff was back there, but he he went to the bus pretty quick, so I didn't really say much to him there. And uh, then the show, the next show that we're talking about was, um, God, it's hard to believe it was, I'm going to guess 2013, probably. Is that what you think?
3: Let's go with that. Sounds good. For now, we'll go for
2: 2013. (laughs) And that was in Louisville, same one he saw. The last one I saw Jeff was 2015, April 2015 in Louisville. And my buddy Jimmy Hall was singing for him. And I just happened to be in Louisville that night, uh, that afternoon, getting an MRI. That's that's back when I was having the pinched nerve issue. And I said, Oh man, Jeff Beck's up here. Jimmy's with him. So I called Jimmy, said, Yeah, man, if you come down. The hall, I'll let you in. So I went down there and hung out all day, watched the sound check, hung out with Jimmy, and then after the show that night, uh, Jeff came back to the dressing room, looked at Jimmy, said, "You need a license for that voice," you know, and uh, and he come and Jeff sat next to me, and we we talked for twenty minutes, you know, and he was telling me Rod Stewart stories and making fun of Rod, and we were talking about Johnny Johnson. He took a picture. Uh, actually, the picture—he's holding a mighty. See, let me take He's holding Otis CD and a headhunter CD. That's what he's got in his hand.
0: Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't pick that up from looking at that picture on Instagram. Well, you can't
2: see it really. I think could you find the original? Maybe. Maybe. No, I don't think you can even see. He's holding Otis.
4: Yeah. He's got Otis. Yeah, you thing.
2: can see the back of the album. And we know. We know also that while uh, that same tour, there was another tour that happened with ZZ Top and jeff man uh, gibbons was burning copies of the otis uh john brim album giving it to friends wow, and jeff nice. and different people so nice. it yeah jimmy hall told
0: me that <laughs> that's wild. <You> know, yeah <laughs> didn't but didn't billy do like have a line or note or something for you
3: yeah he gave on us your stuff. record yeah he gave us he gave us a press quote and uh, there you go he started mentioning us and uh, oh yeah podcast interviews and you know, written interviews and uh, things got interesting there for a minute uh,
2: he's, yeah, a, he's a, he loves Otis he loves Otis he loved he he does he does some great stuff with the headhunters early on as well if if Billy Gibbons understands what you're doing and he gets it man he's one of the best uh, advocates you can have. He, you know, and yep. he loved Otis, yeah.
0: That's amazing because when we had Boone on for the first time, and we were doing some research, that had come up. Brian and I remember talking mm-hmm. to Boone about that and the, the Billy Gibbons connection.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So that was that was the last. But going back to 2015, that was the last time I saw Jeff Beck uh, You know, talk to him, and and I could tell that night. I think he was having some back problems that night. Something was going on. Uh, I think he'd had his back worked on that day. Um, I don't, I just don't think he was feeling real good, honestly. But he played, I mean, I saw him four times. He always played amazing, amazing, you know.
0: It what is your and this goes to both of you guys, what is your favorite era of Jeff Back? Like is it solo stuff? Is it yardbirds? Like, what is really what grabs you the most?
2: Okay, um, well for me as much as I love the Yardbirds which was the entrance for me I'm going to have to go with uh, the um, Jeff Beck group with Rod Stewart Yeah, and Ron Wood just because that's when I was getting serious about guitar and there was an onslaught of great guitars coming out at that time you know, we had Hendrix before that and Clapton with Cream and so here comes Jeff Beck group and Right after that are, would be Led Zeppelin and Santana and all this great stuff. So I'm going to have to go with Truth and Beko, th- th- those two albums right there. I think it'd be my favorite
0: right there. Those two. Okay, I'm with you there. What, Boone, what about for you?
3: I love Jeff Beck Group, too. Uh, all, all those records were really, really influential. But uh I always really love uh, Beck Bogart and Appis as well. Um mm. uh, that was, a, I think, a really, really special time for, for what they were doing. And it's just, they were they played pretty fearlessly together. And uh, there are some, me, actually, that was some of the first times I'd heard some of those soul songs that they were covering. So uh, I, I went back and, and got to hear the original versions mm-hmm. of, of what they were doing that way. Absolutely. It's very cool okay. stuff.
0: Boone, if we're, we're a music fam, not super familiar with Jeff Beck, what what records or songs would you tell somebody to go out to listen to to kind of get to get dip your toe into the water of Jeff Beck's music?
3: I would probably I would probably point them toward uh, the Yardbirds era first, because it's it's almost just if you if if you were to start with his you know most current stuff and go backwards, it would almost just be too much and you i, I don't think you would understand it but if but if you mm-hmm. but if you go to a, to the beginning and you get to hear his playing evolve you could you can kind of digest it a little bit at a time or you, or maybe you might you might understand what you're hearing
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm I'm fortunate because I said this last week too like for about 25 years, whenever the Beckology thing came out, like my friend had it mm-hmm. gave it to me for some reason, just to give it to me, to, whatever. And sure. I've only listened to it here and there after the, uh, you know, through the years, but like that, that's what it, it starts to one is with the yard birds and then Jeff Beck group. And then beyond that. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I'm kind of set, but I always like Greg was saying, you know, low by below gets mentioned a lot. And mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, well, the funny thing is, at the end of uh, Beck Berger, uh, is it a piece or apathy? Which Apice. a piece. Let's just say a piece. I, I don't know which one's proper. I've heard
0: both. I have oh, no piece, clue either. I know because I, I guess kind of if he was
2: here, piece. he would correct. There you me. go. Yeah, yeah depends yeah. on who you yeah. ask. It, it depends on where you're from. That <laughs> apathy. He's a good one. Anyway, um, you know, there was a at the end of. Beckman Apathy, what is there's an instrumental. What is an instrumental? It, it's it, it was never released. They were going to do uh, BBA 2, And uh, man, it sounds like what was coming on blow by blow. And what I understand is Carmen Apathy must be apathy, it must be the natural way to say it for me. Uh, it must be um, that. there there was this instrumental so so carmen was supposed to play on blow by blow but the story i heard was that uh, he wanted uh, equal billing and so that went out the window he said okay never mind We'll just bring in this kid at 16 or 17 whatever his name is something bailey or whatever richard yeah i think so man yeah Yeah. it's freaking amazing man and uh bye-bye carmine (laughs) (laughs) you know You know, Uh, God, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But but, hey, man, if I was going to somebody, matter of fact, i talked to someone we know today and uh, they didn't know much about Jeff Beck. So what would you actually tell them to, you know, because you'd have to go back to the Yardbirds, maybe go back and listen to uh, Shapes of Things. Mm -hmm. And I love, there again, New York City Blues is real simple blues, but it's really cool and then um i think i definitely at the, towards the end of his career where were you off of a guitar shop yeah that's seemed like that's where he just perfected that vibrato bar thing yeah. and a uh, hammerhead on uh, yeah. emotion and commotion really <laughs> there's so much huge. there's no bad Jeff Beck let me tell you people there's no bad Jeff Beck you know but like like Boone said if you listen to it you never heard Jeff Beck and you listen right out of the shoot. If I played it for my wife, she'd be going, um, it'd be over her head, you know. Over head. <laughs> Just it's over my head. Yeah, I've seen him make. four times. what I learned?
0: Nothing. Just <laughs> leave him alone. You, you learn you'll literally. never enjoy sound it. like Jeff Beck and enjoy him and for who enjoy he is and Jeff you'll never Beck. be him.
2: Just let it flow in your soul, man. Just
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the sounds he could make, I mean, you hear him and you know
2: it's him immediately. <sighs> tell me i can't do it if i do it's an accident because i screwed something up <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know
0: and that's kind of you know that was with with me is like he which is just, just not as accessible as a clapped in her page because <laughs> again why you're never going to be clapped in her page you could emulate or do stuff similarly styled i was jeff beck stuff i was like i just they're no. you're just not going to do it
2: no man i have I, I love listening to the, the blow by blow period because he's getting into the fusion thing and you can pick up things here and there, but you know, bam, when you get into a live at Ronnie Scott's, unless he's doing his rockabilly thing or whatever, yeah, you know, when he's, when he's doing that, when it gets into the right hand stuff, there's nothing. I can't, yeah, I I mean, as far as Van Halen, I can't do any of
0: that stuff either. You
2: know, I mean, <laughs> right. but but that's okay. I appreciate them for what they are because they're totally original and they're valid and they're they're wonderful.
0: Absolutely, it's it's funny you brought up the Ronnie Scott stuff. The guys last week brought that up. I, I kind of asked them, "Hey, is there are there good videos or live performances that somebody could seek out?" Because you know, everything's on YouTube this today. And the Ronnie yeah. Scott came out live from Ronnie Scotts. Um, Crossroads Music Festival stuff came yeah. out. Is there anything else that you guys have like recommendations for some live performances for people to seek out and watch?
3: Uh, there's an album called Live Plus, and you've got to listen to it because mm-hmm. it's it's got Jimmy Hall singing, yeah. and there's oh. such such a great chemistry between those two. They they were really. Yes. Both pushing each other, and you can tell that Jeff just really, really loved Jimmy. He uh, did. And, he loved uh, Jimmy. There's a there's an amazing uh, version of them doing a change is going to come and uh, morning dew and and some other and some other stuff. But but you got to hear it. it. It's great. Right,
2: Jimmy on Jimmy will take whatever you give him. And he'll give it back in a big way. Yeah. And let me tell you about Jimmy. I don't care if Jimmy's playing in front of thirty people in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Or if he's in Madison Square Gardens, he is given everything that God gave him. But you give him a little more, like if like somebody like Jet Beck gives him a little something that he can run with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's it's amazing. Yeah, we we sat on the bus years ago whenever the Ronnie Scott DVD came out. I remember we started, it was already after the gig. It was like two o'clock, and man, we we slept about four o'clock watching that. It was a spiritual experience, man. Yeah, <laughs> really amazing.
0: I've seen some clips since last week. It is amazing stuff. I need to sit down and just watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's question. Go, so... oh, go ahead.
2: No, there's so much stuff out there. You 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 go on YouTube, man. There's just so many things
3: it's, out there. That... You
0: get sucked down a rabbit hole. It's great, but at the same time, it's also overwhelming. That's why I like yeah. to ask you guys, like, hey. What would be some good things for people who are listening right now to to focus on who aren't as familiar before they get to the the real crazy stuff?
2: Well, you know, I, the, the last thing I'll say is, I think the the uh, definitely the uh, early Jeff Beck truth Becko. Uh, maybe get get a good Yardbirds collection, get a uh, Wired and blah blah blah. And then that'll, that'll take you in, you know, Beck, Bogart, Napa, see, Uh those will take, they will prepare you to get your <laughs> mind blown, you know, not that wired won't blow your mind, but man, when it's starting around, there is back, there and back, there is back, <laughs> there and back. That'll, that's where he's, he's, he just kept moving forward. He kept pushing the perimeters, man. He wasn't satisfied to play. I'm happy just to play my, little bb king licks you know <laughs> i'm happy you know <laughs> but, he, but that wasn't jeff man you
0: know so i've, I've got a question for you guys uh, kind of about jeff's inspiration and same thing with page and clapton mm-hmm. those guys were very inspired by american blues players why why do you think that why do you think that era of british musicians was so inspired by these american blues artists Well, it's kind
3: of like it's kind of like the British invasion over here as bad as all the American kids wanted to sound like the Stones and the Beatles. They didn't have the genetic material to make it happen. You know, you 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 know, you grow up in a certain area. You have a certain accent. You have you have music and things around you that inspire you. It's just a different it's just a different set of. uh, of circumstances i think and you know it just it's about having appreciation and and drive for something else that you can't that you can't quite achieve i think jeff beck was a little different with his influences he was he was into uh, i mean he was into a lot of blues guys but he's Mm -hmm. also really into steve cropper and and cliff Gallup and uh, Mm -hmm. a a lot a lot of finger picking you know guys which Mm -hmm. which made him which made him kind of a, a different a different breed of uh, a British blues player as a, as opposed to uh, Jimmy Page or, or Clapton. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you guys sort like the rockabilly influences too, which are very oh. strong by him. And even that style, yeah. he picked up that style a bit.
2: He loved Cliff Gallup with Gene Vincent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He loved Gene, Cliff yeah. Gallup. And a matter of fact, I was watching another interview with Jeff and he was sitting uh, – do you see this where he's playing? Mm-hmm. Now, he had a whole different slant on it, you know, because he wasn't from over here. He didn't really quite have the, 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 we're, we're close to Buhlenberg County. So we're going to get a little closer. Not that they can't over there, but yeah, man, he had so many different influences. Uh, he loved Buddy Guy. He worshiped Buddy Guy early on. I'm sure he loved B.B. King. Yeah. Um, and then Cliff Gallup. He loved Les Paul. Uh, he, he he could do that Les Paul stuff. Um, he loved Roy Buchanan, Steve Cropper, as, as Ben said. So he just took those American influences and uh, wore them well.
0: Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gene Vincent came up in discussion last week as well, and they talked talked a little bit about his love with of Gene. Yeah, yeah.
2: That, that's uh, that um, blue was it the Blue Caps album he did? What was that album he did? Uh, crazy legs, yeah. Oh, god, that's a great album. And, and if I'm not mistaken, he was using thumb pick and still was he using picks on that stuff, yeah. <laughs> he taught himself how to do that, just amazing, man. God,
0: Boone, I'm always impressed by how much musical history that you know for such a young dude. <laughs>
3: No, it's it's all in who you
0: who you hang out with. (laughs) We we raised
2: raised him right. We raised him right,
0: man. (laughs) Brian, with both of these guys on here, I think we can talk about any part of rock and roll history, and these guys are going to be able, like, really like cover stuff to the detail. It's it's a crazy. talk about she? I said, uh, you guys. (laughs) At this
1: point, you've been on so many times. You're like the co co -co co-host i told brian
0: when i'm not available call greg and boone and like those guys will fill in without a problem at all like i'd 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 listen to that i might i might call in sick a couple times just so it can happen
1: speaking of of any era music and i just got to ask this because it's off the topic somewhat but just mentioning woodstock earlier Mm -hmm. i've always kind of wondered you know the you know that around that time like greg what do you remember about that was there any any thought of going to that or you or Richard or Fred or what do you remember? No, from? man, let,
2: let me tell you where we grew up in Edmonton. We didn't hear about Woodstock till it was over, till we okay. saw it on the news. <laughs> okay. Now, there were guys down here that were reading Rolling Stone and they were hearing, you know, like Earth News or or reading Earth News or whatever. They were they knew about it. I, I've i never run into anybody from this town that went to Woodstock. Now I've talked to people who went to an Atlanta pop festival from around here that saw Hendricks mm-hmm. and saw the Almond brothers and people like that. Uh, nobody that I know from here went to Woodstock or Monterey, because Monterey would have been a far stretch. Yeah. But I, I just remember what I remember, Brian, is uh, the, the day after it happened, I can tell you, I was at, Tommy Lane Shirley and Joy Jack Shirley's house in Edmonton, and we were watching the news, and I remember seeing, uh, I remember seeing, you know, the the big news about all the big gathering, you know. And then of course the next thing, you know, just a few months later, the the Woodstock album comes out, and then mm-hmm. we hear "I'm Going Home" <laughs> by Alvin Lee ten years after. Oh God, you know, oh, that was incredible a, that was a mind blower for sure. Right on.
0: Boone. Well, actually, I'm going to throw this like a trivia question for you guys. Oh, okay. Um, Jeff Beck, as far as I know and we know, we figured out, has a cameo in two 80s movies. Can you name them? Ooh. I'm thinking. He, he's, he's in the band, and the cameo in the band in both these movies. Huh. Is, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was one of those, it uh, was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie.
2: Man. I'm so, I'm ignorant on movies. <laughs> you, got, you know, uh,
0: uh go ahead. Was yes. uh, Young Guns one of them? No, but he did on Young Guns 2 play guitar for John Bon Jovi he on, sure on did. his That's right. solo stuff. He yep. sure did.
2: Uh On Spinal Tap, uh, he, he's the model, right, for that yes. guy? Yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. I mean Not he's David a model, but, Hubbins, but uh um, but I
2: don't know what what movies he no you I, got, got
0: me on that one me too. All right. Yeah. Streets of Fire which is like a mid 80s with William Defoe kind of musical slash weird <laughs> gang movie it's it used to be on Netflix check it out it's a weird it. weird movie <laughs> Okay um, Streets of Fire and then Twins Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito there's oh, a scene okay. where they're in a country okay. western no, bar I, I and Jeff Beck's a guitar player in that
2: I'll be done. Well, yeah. the, the reason we wouldn't see it on the bus because we're too busy watching Matt Dillon and, and you know, smoke <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> hey, man, that's cool. I, I didn't know that. I, I should know that.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: How cool I, is that?
0: can't believe I stumped you guys. I feel you. You you, feel strong, you got, got myself. Us. You got
2: us. <laughs> hey, you know, Albert Collins was in,
0: uh, what movie was that? Adventures in Babies. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, you can't, you can't
0: I, leave here until you sing the blues. Oh, and I knew hey, <laughs> I, Everybody I got gets to know Albert
2: Collins a bit. I loved him. I loved that man. He was so nice. Oh, he was cool. God, he invited me and my stepson John up to jam. Uh, up, at, I don't know why we didn't go. But he was going to get us up on stage and kick our rear ends. Is what he's going to do. <laughs> you boys, you well, needed that. I did. We all need
0: that. Chicago bluesman, right? Chicago blues.
2: Yeah, yeah. you talking about Albert? Yeah. Oh, well Albert was the Texas Cannon, not Texas Cannonball. What, uh He was a what? What they call him? The, uh, the Ice, Ice Man. man. Ice yeah. Man, of course, yeah. man.
0: Yeah, they he, were uh, in Chicago in that movie, though, like a little blues bar in that Chicago, makes sense. right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody yeah. thinks the blues. They'll think
2: Chicago or or the Delta, you know. Of course, yeah. blues is all over Texas well, well, blues. Well, your buddy in Glasgow, Texas you. blues.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Glasgow, yeah. Kentucky. The home <laughs> yeah. Of see, rock music and blues.
2: Yeah. There you yeah. Go.
0: Now, you know,
2: I, well, I've always viewed this area as everything hits in the middle here. So that's really where one mixed up
0: bunch down here,
2: <laughs> 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 you know.
0: But it makes for a good, like, musical, like, as Brian too. and I always talk to these artists around here, there's so many good music artists with different styles of music coming out of, coming out of your area. It's amazing.
2: No, nah, man, we're we're blessed because this this area, you know, you've you've had a lot of great uh, Eastern Kentucky. You got, you know, you got the, um, you know, the Ricky Skaggs and Dwight Yokum. You've got uh, Patty Loveless. You, now you've got uh, with new, you know, Tyler Childers and kind of a, a, a new school coming Chris out. Ableton. Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Yeah. What's I mean- the other fella? That does everything. He's rocking. In one week, he's rocking. But he can sing country. Oh, you know the the, Richard John. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Is Richard from Eastern Kentucky? I didn't know that. Isn't Chris
1: Stapleton
2: from there too? Is Chris Stapleton? No, uh, oh God, man, yeah. he's he, he's he's from he's from that area. Eastern oh, Kentucky. There's three, know, a bunch over there. Hey, laid back country picker, man, or guitar picker guy, yeah. Dave Prince. We love him. Like Everybody I, should love Dave Prince. Like I was talking know?
1: to you, Greg. It's like, why hasn't someone done like a Muscle Shoals type of documentary on the Kentucky thing?
2: You know, we did talk about that, didn't we?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, there's been somewhat. There's been, you know, I think Western is attempting to do that. And they were going to get the headhunters gathered up. They never could get us in one room together. So that may be a mistake, too. You don't get the headhunters talking. we'll all talk at once. So that's not, not a good idea. You know, it'll happen, man. When it's supposed to happen, the way I look at it. You know, I, and there's, you know when Otis goes over and conquers Europe, you know, then
0: that's when they'll do it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, what's going so what's going on? Bruno, are you allowed to say a little bit what's going on with you? Or
3: well, we gotta wait. We gotta wait. There's some good stuff getting 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 ready to happen. We're really, really close. Right really close. Okay. So right I'm gonna
0: open I'm invitation. Gonna be... Whenever you're ready, you're on, man. You just gotta tell Brian.
3: We'll make it happen, man. Cool. For sure. Very
0: cool. Greg, what's happening with that with the headhunters? What do we have to look forward to with you guys?
2: Well, the Headhunters uh, Snack Fest 2023 will uh, reconvene uh, in March. We're going back out. I mean, we're going to be busy this year. Boone will be out there with us uh, until he can't handle it no more. <laughs> no, just kidding, uh, man. We're getting we're getting ready to go back out. Uh, I'm going to go out on the. Uh, is it Legends of Rock or Rock Legends? I call Rock it Legends Rock Legends Cruise. I'm going to go out and jam with Marshall Tucker f- nice. for a week. And nice. hey, Richard's right. going to be out on the boat with uh, the the Thunderbolt. So I'm sure <laughs> Richard will end up on the stage with uh, Marshall Tucker about the same time I do, you know. Um, that's just a nice little fun thing. Doug, Doug invited me to come out, and I couldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so,
0: Free cruise, man. Can't, free you know, cruise, man. I'm not going to complain.
2: my wife didn't really want me floating around but but uh i i turned wet willie down back in 2019 or 20 that was 2020 early 2020 i should have went but maybe it was no i just it wasn't supposed to go on that one unfortunately
1: speaking of uh, richard he's going to be coming back on with uh Mm. tanner from the Comancheros.
2: Mm. that's a good band yeah Yeah. got it all set up yet but Y'all yeah, know, oh, man, do that. That'd be great because they're a good band. They're good boys. They're good boys. Oh. They're <laughs> all good boys.
4: Just, just. I've been taking two milk cows.
2: <laughs>
0: so, so there's a Canadian like Southern rock band called The Commoners. Are you guys familiar with those guys? You just put a record out um, right before Christmas in November. Really good. Like can these Canadian no. guys can get up to some I Southern rock. Know, check them out. Man. The Commoners. We're going to have them southern on. Southern rock sometime from Canada.
4: Today. Okay.
2: Southern okay. rock.
0: And, I know Brian's just finally gotten into those guys yeah, after I've been repeatedly good. telling him about them.
2: I'll you be know. darned, man. I, no, I miss a lot of stuff. You know, I'm still too busy chasing you know stuff from 1954 you know muddy (laughs) waters and stuff i'm you know unfortunately but i miss a lot of things but people have to bang me over the head and show me you know
1: see i gotta pay the huge compliment to you guys Mm -hmm. and the headhunters because how giving you guys have been like richard you know would there be blackstone cherry would there be the georgia thunderbolts and the common Yeah, i
2: agree with you richard richard's a huge part of that you know you taking
1: boone out and doing merch on for the headhunters and that's just awesome Incredible. Yeah, he knows I mean, he can he thing, can check out, but
2: he can never leave. The you know? thing
1: that, that strikes me is that like you guys proved that you don't have to go to LA or New York or Nashville. I mean I suppose Nashville's closer, but you can make music right there. You don't have to go to a big business city.
2: Oh man, I think anything's possible now. now you don't have to. That was the problem back in the sixties and seventies around here, even though Louisville had a had a great little scene going up there that self sustained itself. Uh uh You know, rock bands out of Kentucky couldn't break out until Exile. Exile broke out, of course. When they finally broke out, and I'm not, they they went kind of more disco with Kiss you all over. with nothing wrong yeah. with that, by the way. We we're proud of them extremely, and they're a great band. Uh, Exile set the standard for for rock bands, really. They, I mean, if you saw them back in the mid '70s, they make you want to go home and just throw your guitar up against the wall. You know, they're at good. But um, and we talked about Buster Brown, but those mm-hmm. bands, unless you left this area, you would have to back then, you would have to go to New York or L.A. or Chicago or somewhere to, to get, you know, to get seen and things. And now you don't really have to do that. You know, that that's a good thing. The Internet has really brought everybody together.
0: So real fast, how was that Rufus Huff show there in, in December that you guys played?
2: Man, I had a blast. I thought we did pretty good considering yeah. we hadn't played. You know, that went really well. Uh, and I knew, we made some mistakes and it wasn't the most, uh, the way we were set up on stage wasn't uh, real conducive of being really tight, but mm-hmm. it went good. I was real happy with it. I, we'll do more. Yeah. Yeah. Soon as I, soon as I get back from this cruise and we start getting back, I I, I think maybe like, once a week, maybe me and Jared and Chris will get together and knock around some ideas because bean uh bean listen to me. We'll bring Bean in too <laughs> when, well. Uh Dean is in Florida. He's he's in Florida till about um I don't know when he's coming home, probably April or May. But Dean is going to be doing a tail dragger show in Nashville with uh-huh. Big Jim Slade coming up uh March fourth, I think. Oh, nice. March fourth. And um uh, so, it went good. It was good enough that I thought we need to explore it. And Joe Bonamassa saw a clip of it and he loved it. And he ah. wrote me. He, he actually sent me a text. Really? Sent me, yeah, sent me a text. Said you guys haven't lost a step in eleven years. Hmm. He, he's he wrote, ruling. He, he liked it. So I thought, <laughs> there's something. He loved it. He really did like Rufus stuff. He he liked that band. It's yeah. it, it's a fun band. We we, we get to stretch, but uh yeah we had fun it
0: was well, when it was that good. episode good. went out um i shared a couple clips like some of your videos with some people uh, and they were like they were into it so i probably i got you three to five new fans i'm gonna say thank you
2: <laughs> well thank you I, I you know what everybody we know that we don't have we can't go out and tour yeah. like a normal band you know but uh we could we we should get together and keep it going because it has it has its own thing, and um, we just need to just keep it going.
0: We don't need to. I, I just to love to it. hear you getting after it on your last fall the way you did on, on no, with that band. Well, I man. do.
2: I have to I have to play harder out there. My my shoulder yeah. hurts when I get down with them guys <laughs> because you know with the Handhunters I got a, a really good rhythm. We both play rhythm and yeah. we can both. I can veer off and do mm-hmm. what I want to do. Now with Rufus Huff, it has to. There's no. You just gotta keep going man you it's know, you man run. yeah i gotta i gotta say and
1: i think i don't know if i mentioned this to you Boone, on on the on the messenger but like uh jared had told me he, he said like yeah the Otis kids mm-hmm. used to follow Rufus off all around
3: <laughs> oh we still do
2: <laughs> <laughs> we we, we, we Otis kids <laughs> Otis was on the side of the stage and I all of yeah them. yeah
3: all uh all of us was there they, they yeah. Were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all of us were there but no you posted they're, they're, some stuff,
0: Boone. i saw you like you posted some stuff i think in your instagram account
3: yeah there's uh you know there I've, i'll tell anybody this there wouldn't be an otis without rufus huff that okay. was that was really really inspiring for us for us to see kind of like a free form blues rock almost almost jam band type thing
2: it does have, here yeah. here at home i miss that jam band thing i really do and dean yeah. Dean can really, uh, he can really uh, excel at that. He, we we just we need to do it. We need to do that. You know, mm-hmm. tell Dean is with Tail Dragger, and they're great. By the way, they're great. But I don't think they they don't really jam, do they? They're not. A no, like up. they can. I know like, they can. Tail
3: Dragger's like their own genre of blues yeah. rock, southern rock. If y'all have never heard them, it's yeah. it's yeah. it's com- yeah. completely different from anything you've mm-hmm. ever heard.
2: It's really it's riff. But it's really good riff rock, and um, I don't know if they ever have a – I like it when you can take a, an arrangement and you just leave it open, like a, a open canvas, and just say, well, let's see where we can go tonight. Yeah. And Dean – what I want Dean to do is say, man, go to a different chord. I'll follow you, and then we'll go somewhere else for a while. You know, I love that. With the Headhounds, we can't – we could do that, right. but we can't because our shows are – you know, contractually 75 or 90 minutes, and we don't get to really stretch out and jam like that. It's your brother used to do some jamming, quite a bit. It was a really good jam, band. But uh hey, it's real important, man. Yeah. That's why I'm we'll going out there on that cruise <laughs> to <It's a> jam. <laughs>
0: get out there and do <laughs> some jams.
2: Jam. Yeah.
0: Well, guys, it was so great having you on here. Um, uh, always wonderful, Boone greg to talk to you guys you're such a wealth of musical knowledge like we learned a lot about jeff Beck. i think we for our listeners we have some really good ideas of uh some some of his stuff to take a look at to listen to watch to really jump into jeff Beck and really appreciate kind of his musical history sounds like we've got some good tour dates coming out from the kentucky headhunters yes you're coming by ohio so i can come see you guys i'll get out to the show and
2: oh i'm sure we will man you gotta come see the headhunters live that's the studio albums are nice, they're nice and everything, and but there's nothing like the Headhunters Live. And what yeah. uh, no, we've never captured that. Maybe maybe the live CDs get close and everything, but you gotta come see them. you gotta come see these boys. I'll, I'll figure <laughs> it out. I mean, we're in
0: neighboring states, we'll get yeah. this figured out. I'll be down for a show for sure somewhere wherever Please come see us. Where yeah. it works. I'll, have, I'll look on the itinerary, see see what's yes. happening. Thank you, and Boone, for you. When your stuff gets up and going again, you're ready to tell the world about what's going on. You know, we want you on here. Um, everybody else that's that's listening, follow Boone on Instagram. He has a great account account on there. Music, mm-hmm. pop culture, Kentucky headhunters. I really love when you do the comic, like the classic Bronze Age, Bronze Age and Silver Age stuff that you post, and
3: it's a very oh, yeah.
0: enjoyable Instagram account.
3: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll be talking soon, man. There's there's there, there's dates happening. There's there's stuff happening, man. Right
0: on. We yeah. are excited. Brian and I and are big fans.
3: Too, man. I'm, not not I'm not gonna
2: say anything. I'm not gonna say, I think I think uh, the direction they're going is the way they need to go. And uh love and respect to the the uh, the boys that were in the band. They're all doing, you know, they they went on with their lives. But I think uh, yep. Otis is going where they need to go. There'll be a lot of getting off the
0: bus and into the van and then back on the bus.
3: That's right. <laughs> You're, so what
0: you've been man. spoiled yeah. and you have to go back to like, you know, to, uh, yeah. Yeah. The real world. The real world. Yeah, the real world. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> well, we look forward to that.
1: Right, Brian? For sure. Yeah. And you know, a couple things that I heard you mentioned, Greg mentioned watching gun smoke on, on the bus. Now that's yeah. like a good time for a guy that's getting older you know, I'm, that sounds like a nice. Whether it's before the gig or after, you know, I'm sure that's just a really nice time compared to, you know, you know, in the early days, what might be going on on tour bus. But uh, <laughs> I, I, watching gun sounds
2: pretty damn good to me. And good uh, old bud, I mean, the bus rides are fun, man. We we have a good time out there. Most generally, we have fun. It, there's some really funny moments that happen on the head the yeah, bus.
3: You got gun smoke in the front lounge, and then you either got. Ancient aliens or uh,
2: Turner classic
3: movies in, in the back because yeah. that's where that's where Fred hangs out. Yeah, okay.
4: yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, a
3: little
0: something for everybody.
1: And I'm yeah. I gotta I gotta get on get on uh, Jade Presents as the big company up here. I know you guys you Greg, you said you've done the you guys have done some of the the um uh, casinos up around yes, this we do. area in North Dakota, Minnesota.
2: So mm. we'll
1: definitely get on.
2: we so. we will play casino, we'll play corn shuckings just <laughs> the electric corn <laughs> shopping. You
3: know? First gig backs at uh we beat the hard rock.
2: Are we at the hard rock? Yeah. Which one? Uh Sioux City Iowa. Oh wow. Oh cool. nice. Good deal. Good deal.
3: We started out good this year.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Ah,
2: we're got some good old country hard
0: rock for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's nice Iowans them. Iowans love country hard rock. It's, it's nice to know Greg
1: that Boone knows your tour dates. <laughs> Thank God he does. I, 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 I've
2: yeah, got yeah. them written down upstairs, but I just kind of know. I've looked, I've got them, so far, they're mapped out pretty good, I must say.
0: Well, well, I, got, DM, I got a spoon. DM me the Ohio stuff or stuff close to Ohio, please, so I can start making plans.
2: I will. Let's make it happen. Come see us. Please uh, come I see will. us.
1: So thank you, Greg yeah. Martin from the Kentucky Headhunters Boone you, from the returning Otis that we're just so excited about. On this uh, second part of the Jeff Beck Tribute, thank you guys for joining us. Always a
2: pleasure. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having us, man. God bless you.
1: Thanks again to brothers Boone and Greg uh, for joining us on the part two of the Jeff Beck Tribute. I can kick back, relax, and listen to those guys talk all day long.
0: always put a smile on my face talking to those guys, man. Just a wealth of knowledge and a a lot of fun.
1: A lot of laughter, too.
0: And, uh, always a lot of laughter you know what amazes me though is greg could pinpoint the exact place and time he was the first time he right. jeff back yeah, like yeah, he, yeah i
1: almost forgot about he that he does yeah. that
0: stuff it's amazing yeah. like he's got like that uh what is that called where you just could uh photo photographic memory
1: yeah like gorman's memory
0: yes kind of like like really like you you knew you were on this day here at this department store and this and this was the song that was played that's amazing
1: that is amazing. So uh, always good to to listen to those guys, and we even gotten some some stuff after the tribute or before, and I don't know, was it before when we were rolling? They was they were talking about
0: where they went to eat. So there are some good Mexican places. <laughs> go. Some some good Mexican places. Uh, Boone, you know, got to see Jeff Beck at the Ryman and sit next to Ricky Skaggs of all people yeah, right, to right. see, and they had a conversation. I thought that was kind of a fun story, and. You know, I've been digging into Jeff Beck a little bit more after all the recommendations, and I've been listening to his stuff with Rod Stewart. Man, really, really yeah, good. I love Rod Stewart's voice. Yeah,
1: no. So we had a great time doing this tribute. Um, so thanks again to uh, Chris from the Cold Stairs and Mike Eldred and Boone and Greg for uh, for joining us and you know offering and sharing all. Learned a lot, knowledge and experiences. So and we got a lot of good stuff coming up here. Uh, more Kentucky people and and other great things. So until we get to that, remember Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.